Hello everyone, welcome to Isle of a Time, it's Luke here. This week we're chatting to Dan Taranto of the Otters Promise in Armadale here in Melbourne. Uh, one of our favourite, one of our oldest friends actually in the beer world and uh, one of our favourite bottle shops. Dan, give us a bit of insight into what it's like being a small business and a small bottle shop owner during this, this crazy time that we're all in. Uh, we talk a little bit about SEO and, and running websites and being a delivery guy. Uh, really, really good chat. Uh, look, it's a little bit of a weird one. It, it sounds like we re- should have recorded this back in June last year, and, and we're still here. And uh, listening back to it now, I, I can't help but you know hope everyone out there is doing okay and getting through the lockdowns. Uh, it's it's a difficult time right now for a lot of people. So uh, yeah, hope you're all okay out there. Uh, there is a bit of a break in the middle here, which uh, I'll identify. With my voice, you'll hear me speaking again. In the meantime, let's uh, throw to Dan, me, and Dave. Recording. Do you step on my line, Dave? I'm supposed Sorry, to say hi, Dave, or hello, Dave. What do you I normally can, say? Yeah. Sup, dude. Hey, Dave. Sup, dude. <laughs> Sup, dude. Uh, how are you um, going? What's going on? Yeah, I'm all right. Uh, we're in what is this now? Day four or five of lockdown <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, Sorry, yeah, I, I, I guess Nothing. I guess just interrupted without being introduced. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on here no one's gonna know who's talking when you're gonna be like who is this voice this isn't dave or luke <laughs> it's another very similar white guy <laughs> uh our guest today dan taranto from otter's promise uh one of the best bottle shops in melbourne and i mean i wouldn't we obviously really good friends with dan i, I worked at otter's promise briefly when he first launched but I think we're not the only people to say it. People are uh, regularly saying. I, I saw it in the newspaper the other day. Yeah, we were. We're in the uh, in the uh, in the Herald Sun of all places. <laughs> um, so we were in um, a new wine bar opened up down the road called Altera, um by Clinton McIver from Amaru. So Amaru is a two hat restaurant. They opened a new wine bar down the road, and they're kind of good friends of us, and they gave us a good shout out and. Uh, in the Herald Sun, called us the best bottle shop in Melbourne, best beer, best beer shop in Melbourne. <laughs> Which is, That's um, awesome. Pretty, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty good compliment. I'm, I kind of don't really believe it, but um, we're all right. We're pretty, we're, pretty, we're fun. We're good. We're um, very uh, curated. What we are. If it's big. not you saying it, that's a okay. Um, when was that? Sorry, that was actually um during the week. We we sort of um. It was quite funny. It's uh, we're on Instagram and we got tagged in an Instagram post. We're like, oh, yeah, we went from another shop down the road, and they were like, so tagging, they were tagging all the shops. It's like a listicle kind of thing. Like, I'm um, yeah, right. Places to eat and drink on High Street, Armadale. And, uh, cool. Yeah. So being locked, did you did you get any benefit of that before? Was it before lockdown? No, I was. It was during was, lockdown. It was like um, start of the week. It was like Tuesday, something or other. Was it Tuesday? Yeah, right. And yeah, Tuesday Herald Sun, which uh. I don't really read what, what kind of like what, what does that do for a business? 
I guess you name out to people who don't know you're there. That's about all yeah. right. Like, uh, people still read the paper, go in there, have a look, and it's like, oh, you know, Clinton said this, he's trustworthy, this is good. You know, I was there before, it brings in new faces normally. It's like when we have, um, we never like, um, for us quite recently, Hips Normal's been in the paper a lot. Yep. You go to Hips Normal's website and it was us as a supplier or a stockist. And people are like, I started the paper on the weekend and I went by the Hips beer. Yeah, right. That's cool. So it's uh, actually, yeah, but obviously it's marketing, it's advertising, it works. But, uh, and like in a, in a meaningful way? Uh, hard to notice that one, to be honest. Yeah, okay. Hard to notice. It's a bit of a, I kind of think of it, because I, I, I do this sort of for both sides. Like I do some PR and press releases and then writing about places. I think I, I wrote about Otter's Promise when I worked there. And I was in the photos. Yeah. Uh, it was a bit of a conflict of interest yeah. in that one. But, um, but it's a sort of a snowball. Like you kind of keep, you know, one mention won't change your business forever. But if you're kind of popping up, you know, in the Herald Sun, in yeah. a listicle online, um, you know, every, you know, if that gets two customers, then yeah, you customers. keep those customers. Yeah. How many times do you like um, decide to go to a place after like, three of your friends mention a place and you go, well, I mean, oh, yeah. that's got to be something, there's got to be something to this if I keep hearing this name. So, yeah. Exactly. And it's, I mean, it's, you see it on social media if a new place starts popping up. Um, I think Aru Restaurant here in Melbourne is a good example. Yeah. Suddenly everyone's posting their at Aru on Instagram stories and you can't get a booking there at all. I mean, the, do, I they think the a, the um, do they have a particularly Instagrammable dish? They're pretty, no, but yeah, a pretty high-end kind of restaurant, really, aren't they? They're, yeah, yeah, right. I mean, drove the hats kind of thing, and um, the yeah. guy was on so uh, Master Chef as well. So I think that probably yeah. helped. But yeah, it's yeah. Anyway, uh, Dave, did you say how you were? Yeah, I'm. I mean, we're in lockdown. I mean, I think I'm doing about the same as everybody else is, really. Um, yeah, I mean, in a spotless house, uh, a bit sick of being locked down, but yeah, all right. How about you? Uh, probably about the same. My house isn't spotless. I feel like I cleaned last year. Sure. <laughs> like, it doesn't seem that long ago. I mean, that was a lockdown to... two sort of thing. Yeah. Keeping a spotless house, yeah. Yeah, um, but I've got a beer. I've got the Clash Russian Imperial Stout. <laughs> oh, yeah. From a... Uh, Hop Nation, they dropped in a couple of samples. Um, this is a 10.7. This is the 2020 bourbon barrel. Yeah, it's a small, because it's last year's, isn't it? It's a small Yeah, one. last year's a small can. I grabbed that because this year's was a big can. That's testing really good. Is it? I haven't had that since the first the first one, I reckon. Must be, I don't know, four or five years ago. It is tasting really good. Mm. I'm not sure. Something in the aroma that doesn't really grab me, and I can't work out what it is, but it's certainly not reflected in the taste. It's delicious. Mm. And it might just be a, I don't know, might just need a bit of time to breathe out of the can. Uh, Dan, also, Dave, you've got a beer. I saw a beer in your glass. Sure. Uh, I am drinking um, our, our beer. Oh, look so, at that. Uh, a little bit of unnamed Pilsner. I just thought tonight is the night for that, so... God, there's a couple um, of boxes. It's like good. It's so good. Like, I hate to say that about uh, <laughs> our beer, but like, I really, really, really like it. Um, yeah. I've got a couple of boxes that I, the last ones I need to get out. Uh, apologies to everyone. I'm I'm so shit at it. 
It's not my skill, <laughs> getting organized to post things. I, I really apologize. Uh, welcome to my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dan, uh, how are you? I, I'm, yeah, pretty good, pretty good. It's like, um, where are we? It's Monday after we've been locked down for four days. It's always weird. So, uh, yeah, pretty good though. We sort of traded pretty well on the weekend. Yeah, it's taking a long That's why it's taking a long time. It's like, it's like deja vu again, again, again. It doesn't get any easier or any harder. It's just different each time a little bit. Everyone's mm. a bit sort of, everyone's a bit sort of meh at the moment. I think it's just like, because like last time, I think last lockdown, that little lockdown four <laughs> was, uh, it's not two weeks, but everyone kind of hated that. That really sucked and everyone was pretty down. And this has the same vibe about it. Mm. Yeah, I feel like people are getting less cool with it no, with each one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, what's trading like normally at this time of year? At Otto well, it's actually pretty shit this time anyway because it's like, it's like July. It's middle of winter. It's just our school holidays as well. So July school holidays is normally when a lot of people go on holidays, a lot of families that go on holidays. And mm-hmm. it's cold. It's wet. People hide a little bit. People hibernate. Um, so, yeah, it's not the best. It's like the worst time of year. It's probably the best time for a lockdown. <laughs> Mm. Mm. It, it, it loses much, so to speak. But, it's um, going to be. Yeah. We might talk about this a little bit later. I just feel like it's going to be hard to get people out again once yeah. we're kind of back to normal. Yeah. Is, you know, yeah. the longer this goes, the, the more in the habit of not being out we are. Yeah, and, and the feel- more it'll probably seem like um, uh, we're only a couple of cases away from a lockdown. And how many exposure sites are there going to be? Maybe I'll just. Mm. See what happens for a month or two, and yeah, especially um, see what happens. Yeah, are you doing um, online sales, Dan? Uh, I was promised.com.au. dot au. Yes, we are. Nice. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, we are we're definitely online. Yeah, we're done. Since I'm locked down one. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, and does do, do the seasons affect like online buying as much as it would your um, hospitality uh, sales? Well, that's a good question. I think um, I think it's fairly in line in terms of like volume with the in in store class sales. Does that make sense? That's so sort of like during like you know the summer months up to like March, it's quite busy. Then it sort of fades off a little bit. April could be weeks, kind of mid May, sort of a weird period as well. It kind of it really slows down over June, July. Yeah, right. And then it ramps up again at sort of end of August, September, October. November, one more, one more, one more, you're out more, you drink more, you know, you do a bit more. I think the um, online sales just kind of follow that. People are just drinking more and doing stuff. Um, um, yeah. Dan, I can see two beers on the I, go for you. Not on the go, but. I've got a crack can for you. I've got the new, put that on the on a crack in the can podcast. We're cracking the ceiling podcast. Crack the ceiling. <laughs> Shout out to crack the ceiling. Uh, yeah, haven't, I, I, still, yeah. still haven't got a can cracking noise yet. Oh, yeah. Are you? <laughs> um, this is um, Dark Skies, the brand new Quiet Deeds Dark Lager. It's, um, just, just Deeds. Just, yeah, it's just Deeds. De- it's, like, it's so annoying. It's like, it's Deeds <laughs> now. Like, it was Quiet Deeds. And they were like a year ago calling this like a Dark Deeds series. It was like Dark Deeds and all these Deeds. No, I got rid of that. So it's all just deeds, which makes sense. But pain in the butt if you're like sort of social media and like uh, websites with, for products with like different names for a brewery. But yeah, anyway, brand new. It's actually a dunkle. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting my nose into it. 
I can't tell um, the relative size of the can. Is that a big fella or is that a 440? Man, that's my, that's like, I reckon the industry settled on the best size. I love it. One of my favorite beers this year, so far this year, was the Deeds West Coast IPA in the 440s. Yep. Just, just big delicious. What was that? Was that named or just called West Coast IPA? The new one, Thought Patterns. Thought Patterns, yeah. Yeah, Thought Patterns, yeah, I had that. It was really good. It's a great um, and tap the brewery as well, just like the business. I don't really pick up anything that um, that is called hazy or any IPA. At the, like, I don't know why that's the case, but I just don't. But like, man, there's so many good like double IPAs and West Coast IPAs going on around at the moment. It's um, it's a good time for me. Yeah, it's it's fun. That whole like change in direction. A lot of um, I think it's been brewery led with a frustration about hazy ipas and they've gone back to making one to make west coast ipas and those kind of styles and they've sort of forced upon consumers i think because i don't think consumers were necessarily demanding it but mm. people in the trade were like come on we're kind of over this you want something new i'd i'd be curious to get like a i don't know half a dozen different people to really talk through it because if i think of um my own purchasing habits like stomping ground IPA and a six pack is like that's a dream for me. It's so yeah. good, um, and I'm wondering if people buy hazies. You know, they're, they're they're just still buying the single tin, whereas you're more likely to get a six pack of West Coast across the line, yeah. maybe in some of the bigger stores. Yeah, we we buy. I think um, only like the core range hazies are being bought as packs kind of thing. So like um, like Deeds um Juice Train is the one straight away. That's like a Big selling hazy IPA. Everything else is just kind of singles. But um, back to the West Coast IPA thing. It was kind of I was thinking before. Um, it never really went away because everyone, every brewery's not every brewery, most breweries' core range IPA is a West Coast IPA. So you've got you know, Kaiju and like Exit and Stomping Ground and Mr. Banks. All these breweries who are great breweries making great beers have West Coast IPA always available. Mm. That's all about cold just... IPA and dip IPA and all these other things, which are. Uh, I'm yet to catch up on that. I don't know what, really what that means. That's not what I read in the Crafty Pint article recently. Um, I think what's exciting though about if you, if, you, if you say it's not a resurgence or whatever, um, because those guys have been doing it at a, at a core level, I think it's fun that um, breweries are putting them in, in the one-off, um, one-off beers in the bigger format cans because if you go into a shop and you see one that you haven't seen before, um, it pretty much, it's new, so it's fresh. So a fresh West Coast IPA, whereas if you see a core uh, a core beer, you don't really know how old it is without doing the bottom of the can check. And sometimes people um, don't really want to be seen in the bottle shop just like lifting up six packs to see the dates stamp on the bottom but um short audio problem here we will be back uh, when we come back we're speaking about the deeds tap room the deeds tap room does the hype around their brand in general translate to like uh, the desire to be at the hospitality venue like on on big days is it big I think they're still co- they've been COVID. Yeah, they've been very completely. they've been very hit hard. Yeah, right. Both like the um, initial COVID restrictions when they first opened, and the council planning is quite restrictive as well because it's kind of like right. 
trying to be, yeah, it's just very restrictive right now. But um, yeah, it's pretty hard up. I mean, they're definitely busy. They're always busy. Like, I think they're pretty much book solid the first week they're open. Because um, uh, what's their tap list like? It's like it's like every single deeds be from the last two, three months. It's like 22 taps, I think, 22 or 24. Because, yeah. like I mean, if I was going out for like, going out for a drink and I, you had to choose the catalogue of one brewery, <laughs> man, deeds would be up there on the list. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty well. When I went the other day, I was like, all the IPAs are on. I saw a couple of sours hanging around. All the lagers were there. All the Did they have that, um, that Nazravi Pilsner? Uh, yeah, no, the Hells have like the normal deeds draft, yeah. and like the Hells I mean, as well. All their lagers are pretty, pretty, pretty tight, but that, um, yeah. that Czech Pilsner was a winner. That was kind of a prickly one, that was like pretty hoppy in the end, I thought. Yeah, mm. yeah, they don't, um, they, don't, they make the lagers much to the chagrin of some people. <laughs> Everything I've seen review, totally agree. Lager, totally like, agree. Worst deeds deeds ever is like Hells Lager, it's like not fruity or hazy or hoppy, it's like, yeah. <laughs> It's why it shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> so I am curious to not see what you see behind the counter or behind the bar with a brewery like Deeds. Do, do people, I guess coming back to our conversation, I might have, I think, before we before we went off here about checking can dates, uh, are, are people coming in and being really rigorous in your shop of checking can dates? Um, some people are. Kind of depends. Like if you, if you know the beer, like, like, Deeds, for example, you know what's coming out and what's, what's new. So we all did install like the Deeds um, Vic Secret, or don't know about that Vic Secret hop. That's the latest release. So everyone knows it's fresh and new. So just grab it. It's more when you have beers, which are like from maybe a, a brewery you're not quite so sure about, or maybe a core range beer. Then you'll see punters sometimes checking the dates, which um, happens not that, not that often, to be honest. I mean, yeah, less than you think it happens. But remember up from, for me, though, when I was like buying beer as a consumer, I'd always check the dates. I was that guy. I yeah, I, I do. I definitely do too. At worst, yeah. So you go get the can and you have a good look, and it's like, ooh, I'm not sure about that. I mean, you see like packaging changes in bottles in like some products. So I remember, in, um, I remember really well being at Slow Beer once, and um, it'd be hops on be changed packaging, and they had the old packaging and the new packaging, and you knew the small one was the new one. <laughs> so you had to put the new one and left the old one kind of sitting there, which is like worst nightmare for a venue. And that happens. You have like the same beer twice. And it's just like, you know, I wouldn't buy the old one. You wouldn't buy the old one. You just buy the new one. But it always tastes good. I was yeah. having a conversation with a, a supplier recently, like someone that supplies malt and ingredients to, to breweries, and they were saying they they reckon, and purely anecdotally, they reckon beers are tasting fresher than ever uh, on shelves now that everyone's, I think, worked out canning. Yeah. And when cans first came on the market, I think there was a lot of dissolved oxygen going around. Um, and, then you know, bottles were, I think... On on sort of you know pound for pound, everyone had nicer bottling machines basically than they did mm. canning machines. Yeah, I mean, uh, also like the bottle conditioning back then as well. Yeah, but yeah, now now I feel like, and I probably agree with them now. It's rare that I have a beer, even that's three four months old, and go, oh, that's really really faded. Mm. You know, you can tell it's a little bit old, but it's been a while, which is amazing. What uh, so what's What's selling? What are people loving at the moment in, in oh, Armadale all day? Um, we've had, I think um, this this winter we've had really good support for darker beers. We've gone like gone pretty heavy into it. We sort of struck pretty early with getting like lots of dark stuff in like pretty much as soon as like sort of uh, say June, first of June, we just went like bought everything. <laughs> we went early with darker beers. It's been um I think 
like just it just feels like my like off the top of my head that Dark Beer sales are bigger than ever for us, which is really fun because it's always like you know it's always fun to drink kind of seasonally and get into those kind of darker styles. We've also probably I don't know, we sell we sell a lot of lager still. Lager is pretty popular with us. We sell like talked to Mickey who works with us. He's worked at a few different shops over the years, and he's surprised how much lager we sell, like craft lager. So we moved a lot of that. And um, getting some pretty good traction on the Belgian styles, like either like locally made or imported. People are kind of like you know, the classic kind of things. Um, so that was less of a moment, yeah. That's fascinating. And Dave, we've, I mean, we talked about this recently on the podcast because, Dave, you've been ticking all the yeah. classic Belgian. I kind, of, I kind of missed that, like in my beer journey. I didn't really hit those like classic Belgian beers at all so um i've been really like curious with them yeah. i mean like you never stop hearing about them if you're interested in beer so yeah, i've heard about them for, for eight years i never really like got into them that much i think i got put off them not put off them but like remember that shop in carnegie it's like a wine shop but then inexplicably they got like cases and cases of wasty 12s <laughs> and wasty 8s like their beer selection was like pedestrian, but yeah. then behind the behind the bar, like the register, where there were no um, there were no other beers. It was like spirits, and then unadvertised, they just had all these blue caps and and <laughs> yellow caps, not not just yeah. just sitting there, and like dozens of them of each one. I bought like one of each, and I was kind of like, I don't know, I was kind of like, I didn't really get it. Um, so that kind of like put me off the exploration a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. It's just like, it's just piqued my curiosity a bit, um, and in the last few months. I feel like that's coincided seeing places and like the stock coming in, you know, there's magnums of St. Bernardus coming yeah, in. We've, yeah, we've loved that. <laughs> and people like, you know, it seems to be selling and people are excited by them. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I don't think, you know, two or three years ago, a magnum of St. Bernardus I don't think people would have really cared that much. Ten years ago, they would have. Then there's that kind yeah. of big gap of working it out, and now, um, so it's, I guess yeah, it's interesting you're saying that you know people are, are buying them. Yeah, um, I think I think, um, I think there might be a trend away from like just away from uh, away from like hoppy styles in general. I think people are a bit more curious. You know, you that sort of like your beer life journey when you're like you go through phases, and I think it's been a lot of hops. It's been like hops, 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 hops last you know little while. Hops and like freeze hours, and now it's like coming back a bit to sort of maybe some more malt coming back again, so like these two driven styles and that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah. Do you reckon there's um, do you reckon there's less of a bleeding edge in drinking patterns than there ever has been? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of variety right now, I think, is the, is the answer for it. And I think it's like more variety in breweries as well, because like at the same time, everyone's talking about you know, like deeds and banks and like range and these big sort of, yeah, mountain culture, it's all about sort of generally big, huge, hazy monster IPA kind of things. There's been breweries like Wildflower and Slowland popping up at the same time who are like making these like Belgian styles, delicate kind of things and like time, like people trying to make it a bit more different styles. And they've grown just as much, not just as much, but like, you know, they're, they're growing in the popular. So it's been on the current of that happening at the same time. In the lager thing as well, like, you know, so many breweries are making like great lagers right now. Like, Ruby Pills or Chris Powell's lagers. All the breweries are making, they're actually physically excited about their, their lagers. Like, mm-hmm. the publishing guys, they love their lagers right now. And like, they're really sort of investing in them and pushing them out and enjoying them. So, I mean, sort of um, 
touching back on both those points, last time we spoke with um, Topher at Wildflower, I told him I loved his table beer and he was like, his face lit up. He's like more proud of that beer than any of his like completely complex, delicate um, wild beers. So I don't know. Yeah. That's that beer is fantastic. That's why it's like. So good. It's, it's unreal. Like, it's, it's kind of like that, um, in a way, it's like White Mischief from Ghost Project where it's like that 2.9% yeah. enough booze to have a beer. But you just like drink it, it doesn't really matter. It's refreshing. It's always great. It's not heavy. It's just like, ah, I've had a beer. I feel good. You know, I've enjoyed a good product and hasn't got me wasted. I can have another one if I want to have another one. And it's kind of always there now as well. It's just the perfect little scenario for a good little beer. It's, yeah, it's kind of like what you imagine beer to be at like a real base level of like understanding. <laughs> kind of in a way, yeah. It's kind of like if, you, um, if you're like a VB guy or a VB person or a you know, carbon draft person or a, you know, a wretched person, whatever it is in Sydney, that kind of stuff. It's, that's your beer. And you have it, it hits your spot and you're happy all the time. And that's kind of, um, I guess, what table beer is meant to be, really, isn't it? The beer's yeah. always there on the table where you get to fix the, the um, <laughs> It's. Uh, I was chatting to a couple of people in the States for an article about uh, wild and mixed fermentation beers. Uh, it's coming out soon on the Crafty Pint. Keep an eye out. But they were both saying they really struggled to find mixed ferment or sour beers, you know, like the wildflowers um, in their in their relative states. And I don't think either of their states is known for having those kind of beers, mm. but they're also saying that they get the sense that a lot of those breweries are really struggling in the US okay. that, are, that are doing those kind of things. And, and there's an article maybe a year ago in Good Beer Hunting that was talking about that exact same thing where, um, and I think that had the sort of the data to back it up. Whereas I feel like in Australia the mm. – the drinkers that aren't beer drinkers, and this is completely my own theory, the drinkers that aren't beer drinkers are gravitating towards the wildflowers. Like wildflower and say La Sarin have markets that are that are wine drinkers um, or natural wine drinkers or spirits drinkers, which I think happens more in Australia than in the US. And I think mm-hmm. Australia, I think natural wine in Australia has really helped your your wildflowers and your last RNs find an audience that aren't just people coming in for looking for a, a new hazy. Yeah. Do you reckon that um because I mean by comparison the size of breweries like is not a huge difference between here and the States, but um the markets are so much bigger potentially over there. So do you think those that like the ticking the like the tickers are getting all those like um, those wild beers and kind of boxing out regular drinkers because of the they just get snapped up, so they don't they just sort of like check out of that kind of um pursuit. So it's, it's too hard to get those those beers. Yeah, well, like when people are talking about it and it's a buzz, yeah, it, it, it can't be can't be got. So it sort of like leaves the zeitgeist before the um masses get a chance to have a go at it. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I, I think I'm like for me, it's like. Those like sort of wild ferment sourby kind of things. It's a niche within a niche. It's like a niche of craft beer. So it's like five percent of like four percent of the craft beer of the, of the beer industry in Australia. So it's this really small market in a market. And I think it's a specialist thing where like you, you if you can, they're, they're not hard to get. I don't think anything's that exclusive in that in the market. It's like if you do go like the um, either from a good bottle shop or the raw online for any you know, subscription services these days, you can get. Nothing's that exclusive, I think, from those guys. But nothing sells out of a day. Hmm. Like sort of, these hazy IPA breweries where they're signing out their entire shipment 
of production in a day. I don't hear that kind well, of stuff from the sour while fermented brewers. That's something that never really happened in Australia, did it? I think Range are probably the only one that. I think I missed the Bank of stories where they've like done some launches and like I think they did like their collab with well, one of the clubs they had. Really, there's a story from them that they got to work like on a Saturday, you know, opened the bar up and had like the launch that day, and there was a line at the front door, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh <laughs> shit, this <laughs> is like, <laughs> what is going on?" Um, speaking yeah. to that conversation, uh, I had a Mr. Banks. Hazy the other day. I can't remember which one it was. There's a lot of them right now. <laughs> yeah, um, it was stunning. It was so good. Um, and I'd had the the pilsner earlier, and I messaged Chris from Mr. Banks and said, okay. "Hey, that, hey, that hazy is insane. That's so good." He's like, "Oh, what did you think of the pilsner?" I'm like, "Oh, I was, I was cooking, so I didn't really pay any attention." He's like, "I'll send you some because I'm really proud of it." And all I could think was, "Oh, just just send me some hazies." <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> yeah, like. Which is a I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not on the on the socials anymore. So like, no. I never see it coming. But like, if I stop in at a bottle shop, I'll just see like all these beers that I've never even heard of that are just like, I don't know, oat IPAs or like yeah. double IPAs, hazies from Range, Mr. Banks, Deeds, and it's like you just know you're gonna get some high quality beers that, like that I've never even heard of. Mm. And that's the. I'm, I'm, you know, I was probably, I wasn't super vocal, but I'd say that I wasn't a huge fan of hazy beers. And I remember going, Daniel were there at um, Harpy <coughs> Fest in oh, New Zealand. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was, and was the quality, like every, everything was hazy and the quality was. That just, ruined my life at that festival. I reckon for hazy IPAs. Yeah. Like every every beer was the best hazy like, you'd had. Triple I, like triple citra IPA kind of things. Like 10% hazy citra IPAs was like. They're just like all perfect, kind of like yeah. It's like you see here all the time. It's like um, Ribery says like it's like Dee's like cheat code because he's Citra, because Citra's like yep. king of the you know the absolute king queen, best hop to use for hazy IPAs. Just works on so many different levels. And that festival, everything was like a ten percent Citra hazy IPA because they yeah. told to bring the best beer. And they all brought the same beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I feel like and you know I the cheat code from. Uh, deeds was the same. Like the level of of them banks, mountain culture, range. Such a good base uh, that end, yeah. Uh, finally, sort of heading that. Yeah. You know, we're not not the hot burny, not the the really janky. The flavors are disparate. Yeah, and um, sort of learning as well that they need a bit of time to settle down a little bit as well. Like you know, they're not always great. When they first come out. Depending on how they've been canned and treated at the brewery as well. Like, I know some breweries will sit on their, their stock for a bit longer than another brewery as well. Other it's, ones, um, it's like spit it out when they can get the cans done. I'm not sure if um, if Chris does anything about it, but I know, like, he was aware of that really yeah. early. Yeah. I can't even think of I, – I can't think of which beer it was because how can you keep track? Yeah. But, like, over, like, over a year ago or even yeah, maybe right. two years ago, I was talking to him and he was like, this is a new beer – Three weeks at least, leave it. Three weeks at least. Yeah. Too green. Yeah. Yeah, I think like sort of so, being a bit more wise and like sort of like leaving beers in bright tanks while fermenters just a little bit longer, just sort of calm down a little bit and not rushing stock out like the same day, the next day kind of thing all the time. But it varies from beer um, as well. Some beers are ready to go straight away, some aren't. Will from the Crafty Pint, uh, previous guest, previous guest host, uh, he wrote a really good article about this because no one's really talked about it. 
it's always kind of been a yeah, hot. you know you'd see you'd see it on like Facebook groups and yeah, hot burn, like, oh, my top burn. yeah <laughs> people like oh you know leave it a couple of weeks and like the community kind of got together and worked out that you know, to leave it but yeah. you know we I think the last ten years has been fresh as best has been the mantra yeah and now it's like oh actually a month is actually pretty good for these beers. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like the IPA thing where it's like the West Coast IPA was like that. Then like a week, after a week it sort of like dropped off that little bit. Yeah. And it was like... Okay. I remember like my first, obviously you'll know how long ago it was when I tell you the rest <laughs> of the story, but like um, my really only foray into any forums, I when I'd heard of Plenty the Elder, <laughs> I was looking it up on the internet and I found some forums and I found like several posts of people posting um the uh best before or the bottling date and when it was like they're like ah oh, pick this up but didn't realize and it was 15 days after the bottling date and then they just are pouring it i reckon they would like, they were people either show, showing off definitely definitely or, flexing. or putting other beer in there first <laughs> potentially yeah that's that's that could be it yeah but like Bonkers! Yeah, that, that, that's a bonkers display. That that, that sentiment yeah. was certainly prevalent. Yeah, and I mean it still is. We you know. I just said two months gave me pause uh, to buy a beer, and that's you know. Well, not- I think yeah, it's, it's because uh, I mean I don't think it's anything to do with the beer. It's just to do with the, those freshest stuff around. Like mm. you're not going to have that three month old beer and go. This doesn't. This is sub optimal you're just going to go well that one's a month and a half so if i'm hedging my bets i'm probably a better chance of getting a better tasting beer with this fresher beer the something that that frustrates me um this sort of prevailing commentary of you know oh there's too many hazies i'm sick of seeing every beer as a hazy and we touched on it before how, how good the deeds lagers are um how good the banks lagers are how you know there are breweries, and you mentioned Burnley, and I think you've got one next to you as well, Dan. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. How good you know they're pumping out insanely good lagers, yeah, and they're they're easy to get. Like you don't have to ch- chase them down. No. It's easier now to get a, a dunkel than it ha- ever has been in my life. I definitely, I mean, absolutely, yeah. I've like two locally brewed dunkels in front of me right now. <laughs> it's like how well, you, when I mean, like what happened? I mean, we, we're, we're a little bit different um, as far as like geek beer geek opinions go i guess but like when was the last time people said like dunkel and people go perfect yes give me <laughs> people always go dunkel what is it 20 2009 like it's yeah but i i think i mean locally burnley have you know obviously staked their their claim to that yeah yeah and i think their social media and their presence and the can that you've got in front of you uh, Dan, yeah. which is Dunkles. beautiful art. Dunkles. Um, um, Harry, cool. I haven't seen it, Dan. Harry, it's like Harry and Christmas, like sort of a Christmas in July. It's a beautiful care. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Um, hand painted by um, Lily. Uh, I'm probably going to Pavati. That's her last oh, name. Yeah. Um, right. oh. So Lil- Lily, uh, she used to work at Beard Lux. I'm not sure if she still does, but she's painted a few cans for them recently, and it's awesome. Like a hand painted. It's you know, striking. Yeah. Um, no, nothing else looks like it, no. and it's a dunkel. And I've got a couple other releases. I can't remember what what they are, but like, you know, that's 
and, and I guess all of us, we are relatively inner city Melbourne. Yeah. So we do are close to the breweries that are doing this, but mm. you can order these online far easier than you could ever could. Well, I imagine if you yeah, went really to otterspromise.com.au, you could probably order what was it online. Yeah. otterspromise.com.au. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like that, you know, you get delivered to your door within however many time, you know, wherever you are, like, it's crazy to me people are, are upset that there's no choice. There's a lot of choice right now. It's more than ever. It's easily. Hey, Dan, what do you think um, uh, What do you think the overall positive effect that COVID's had on uh, getting kicking all small businesses in the ass to organise their online shops in pivot that direction? How do you reckon that impacts in the long term? Uh, well, I know for us, like we we didn't have an online store until pretty much she hit the fan. Um, yeah. So we did that. I think it's the same for everyone. And it's been good though, because this is another, another platform, and it's like we've sort of grown business like an extra bit from the online. And it's sort of during like during peak COVID, it was like half the business level was on, online. And like we find like in these like little mini shutdown, mini lockdowns, it helps a massive amount. Then just during the normal normal year, it's like it's an extra little B business. It's like, oh, wait a minute. So it's extra like 15% business, which wasn't there two years ago. So if you've got a good online platform for especially like beer, where it's like beer and like spirits, where it's like easy to sell, you know, easy that travels well, you know. Doesn't matter if it's like a Dow two, you know. Um, yeah, get- but it also must just expand your radius. It does a lot, and therefore, yeah. like, bring more, like, retain more people, and bring more people back into the bar when it's open. Yeah, well, we have, quite, we have like sort of our local customers who support us heaps, who come in and buy online whenever they want. And we have like customers who are like in Gippsland or in like Sydney and places who are love Sydney Brewery. We got, we got a regular customer in Tassie who's like orders online once a fortnight. This ticks along, you know. Orders is yeah. Good, good amount of beer, and it's like it's that customer wouldn't be there without an online store. And he, like, incredible, their sales alone pays for the actual store. Actual online setup's nothing, yeah, to do it. It's a bit of work, and it's, it's pretty easy, actually. Yeah, nice. Um, it, it kind of comes back to what we're saying, you know, those small little bits of PR and and you know, hmm. mentions in the paper, they all just that you know, not one will change your business, but. Thinking of you know that one person that that's come to you once had really good service and they're like, well, I'm gonna, you know, yeah. there's a, probably a dozen other shops they could be buying the same beer from. Oh, and there's like probably um, twenty. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, as, yeah. you know, they're like, this is the one that we shop at. Yeah, and what's good it's as cool. well, like, um, I with us and, and like other other bars as well or bottle shops, is that you search for a beer, like you search for like say you search for some IPA or you type of the beer name, and you know, obviously the bottle shops come first. It's like I don't have work. I don't have anything that works with rankings of like links and stuff. Oh, but um, SEO they call it. Yeah, it's SEO. Like um, we, we, we Shopify and it has like really good SEO inbuilt. So after you search for a beer and you see like the four or five or six craft beer shops come up before the actual brewery does for the same for the actual their, their beers. And it's quite um, it's quite fascinating how it works. Like I think with our one, it's like if you search for a beer and our link comes up, it's got like the description, the picture, and the quantity in, in stock levels. Actually, on Google, on actual Google's link. Oh, they're scraping you that much. Give, yeah. c- give me a beard, Dan, that you reckon this would work with. I want to do it. I want to do it in real oh, time. I'm going to try, try, try Burnley Dunkles. That could be good. All right, Burnley Dunkle. I don't know. Burnley are pretty savvy online. I feel like their SEO is going to 
It's going to just launch us straight to the top. I'm going to go with an online store, not Burnley. We're second on the links. Uh, You're third on mine. Yeah. I've got Hop Supply Co. I've never heard of them. Oh, they're under the Bendigo. Sorry? The Bendigo. Oh, yeah. Good on them. That's good. Yeah, that's good work. And then third is so untapped and then Otters Promise. What what, did you type in? It's like Burnley Dunkles? Uh, Burnley Dunkel, not Dunkles, which is probably the right. Dunkel. Okay. If I go Dunkles, I go Google. I get, I get asked first to do Dunkel. That's kind of. So yeah. have you put have you put resources into SEO, Dan, or are you Sorry. like? This is your Shopify. <laughs> Shopify. Really? Yeah, just like you're getting you're getting third. You're getting first Metro store result. I, I don't know. If it's, I don't know if it's just me. I don't know on our account, but yeah, I don't know how it works. Perfect. I don't know. Look, people, my my understanding, and it's been a while since I've really looked at SEO properly, but if you have a good, well-laid-out store, as in it's, you know, Google can scrape it, get the right information, yeah. and people link to it regularly. People, when they click on it, they spend time there and they interact, mm. then your shop rates higher. So if you use a Shopify or a, you know, off-the-shelf platform that, all that's kind of formatted for you already. You know, it's it's built for Google to yeah, to Alan's, that. yeah. install is very clean as well. This is where the base themes and they do too much to it. So, mm. not sure how magic works, but the magic works sometimes. Well, so yeah, Google knows where to find it. Yeah. It looks clean. Like you click on it, and you can go, "Cool, I can read the beer, and I know how to buy it." Yeah. So people will interact with it as soon as they yeah. click. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it's. I, I think people overthink it. I know there's a lot of money that gets spent on SEO and yeah, I think it's a, a lot of people are wasting money on trying to do keywords and everything when having the good information that's clear works. Yeah, I think so. And it's like, yeah. And you're like, but get when you do uh, your Facebook ads and your Instagram ads and your Google ads and <laughs> all that fun stuff. I'm being targeted for um, uh, Versace slip-on like house slippers at the moment. Oh, nice. I was thinking about buying some house slippers, and Emma said, "Why don't you buy the size?" How much ones? was it? How much are they? Uh, they're not as, as some. Some of them go for like three hundred plus, but the ones I was looking at were like one hundred and sixty. Yeah, I, 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 let me I ask like, you this. Let me <laughs> ask you this. What is a house slipper? Just like a slipper, really. Yeah. Like okay. a, you yeah. slide your foot. You know, it's fluffy, and you slide yeah. your foot into it. I think I'm just the slipper. That's what. Yeah. Like regular slippers aren't. Yeah, I I don't know. This is what Emma calls it. I yeah. I, the, I thought it might have been Australian term. Also, uh, just trying ones to fit well. in. There's also um, Birkenstock ones as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I think I think okay. I reckon slipper is the term. Yeah. It's a slipper pretty much, yeah. All right. <laughs> Look, I might get some. It's wintertime and you wear them daily in yeah, wintertime. And like, like, like if we're gonna be locked down. Watch floorboards your house and you go wear some shoes. Oh, Literally yeah. every day I'm wearing slippers. Yeah, yeah. So I may as well. I may as well splash. It probably won't. But do you know what I get? I, I get. Um, I get very uh, aware when I get like a delivery to the door, and I or a tradesman comes to the door, and I answer the door like in my slippers. I'm like, ah, I'm working. I'm working from home. Like, I just feel very like self-aware about wearing slippers when some external person shows up. Yeah. What are your slippers that you're your <laughs> classic? Like how, ba- how bad are they? Just a classic moccasin slipper, I think. No, it's more like the term, like some per- some pr- professional. I mean, I'm working too, but some professional person is showing up, and I'm not wearing a hard shoe. It's a bad look. 
<laughs> Dave, do you realize what they see? Yes, day to slippers. Day? They, go slippers. To, they go to a, a hundred, two hundred houses. I don't know, a week, a day. That's four hundred slippers, Luke. Yeah. They see a lot worse things than <laughs> yeah. Dave and slippers. They do not give a shit. But hey, just because they see worse doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> True. I think it's fine. <laughs> um. I want to come back to beer stuff and not slippers as much as I do want to talk about slippers. Uh, Dan, one of the things you did during the first lockdown, I think it's carried on, was you were kind of delivering beer yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the end result was people taking your photo. It's like, Dan, the delivery guy, here he is. A little bit, Do you think that helped your business? Um, I don't know. It's good because you find like um, with – you probably find this with like your stuff as well, your social media. A photo of you gets way higher likes and views than actually of a beer or mm. a, you know, a wordy post. It's just people want to see people. So it always, yeah, it always helps. It always helps. It's just fun, you know. And like, I think it's what's been fun for our customers across all, all the lockdowns. Is, um, and even, even like in lockdowns, even actually our normal deliveries, our normal local deliveries, we do ourselves. So you see someone who serves you at the bar. So he needs to be here and say, like, oh, hey, you're going to have a chat. And it's all like that. You know, when you, get, you sort of order, you know, like from a delivery platform and it's like some random person and it's really like, here's your food. Hello, goodbye, yeah. maybe. And that's it. It's like, Luke, yeah. thank you. That's it. Whereas we're like, yeah. oh, hey, you're going to have a chat and, you know, have a chin what's going on? And I think during lockdown, people like that a lot. Because it was someone coming to their house who wasn't actually. Yeah, it's an like interaction <laughs> with a different person. It's exactly. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of one of the um, weird things about sort of me personally during like, all the lockdowns. I haven't been that locked down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of like you've probably, probably seen more people than you. Going to work every day and like driving around every like, countryside. So uh, yeah, thank goodness I haven't you know, caught COVID or anything. But um, I've been been pretty <laughs> safe. <laughs> I think during um during the long lockdown, I was like, oh, the first lockdown, or the second lockdown, I was like everyone was like really really clean, like you know, changing your clothes and washing your hands every two seconds and. <laughs> Not wearing a mask because no one did back then. <laughs> no, to I, I was like, saying oh, that. Oh, masks actually really neat. I was saying that, yeah, the first lockdown, like the first time we started wearing cloth masks, as soon as we got home, we were scrubbing them out. Oh, yeah. Washing yeah. them, drying them. And now. Yeah, I'm sort of uh, like, oh, mask. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's onto my pocket. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, yeah, it's something that I. It's kind of a theory that I've been working on about uh, the online or small small bottle shops and mm. in turn small breweries have done really well out of the lockdowns because because oh, yeah. people don't have tap points they've got social media and their friends are saying oh I ordered from you know Otis Promise and here's a picture of Dan delivering beer you should get beer off this guy. <laughs> Uh, and it's kind of, I don't know, it feels more like going to a pub than from a Dan Murphy's, um, you know, and then, yeah, the, the Carlton Draft label or the Great Northern yeah. label has been taken out of that equation. Yeah, I think, um, I think most small craft beer shops, most like sort of you know, small bottle shops are delivering themselves. It's like, it's kind of fun to do it as well. And normally like during like, during lockdowns, you've got staff, you know, you, you, they want, you sort of give them some more work to do, yourself work to do. So, um, yeah, that's no need for a third-party delivery for us. Not yet, not yet. 
<laughs> Maybe we get some more as well. Employ some more people to deliver beer. Um, and how is like in between lockdowns, are people coming back and drinking yeah. again? Uh, yeah, they always do. They always come back. They always you know, sort of come back and um, really keen for beer. It's just always um, it's always weird with like because like what happens after lockdown is you're not quite sure what the rules going to be after the lockdown. Like how are we going to emerge? I think um, the last few times haven't been too bad because like we, we're, we're a small venue, so we sort of fit into that sort of. Um, we can do 25 people generally without having to distance too much. So we, get, we get really, a maximum day of 42 anyway normally, so it's not that big a difference. Um, whereas like a bigger venue, it gets, gets really restricted at the start and they can grow further. So as long as we get some reasonable capacity when we open up, we can normally trade all right. But it was crazy after like the second lockdown, we were like at like four square meter, like we had 10 people in the store at the time mm. and like all fully booked out constantly and the amount of people were drinking for a customer was crazy. People were like really on it. So the sales right. were really strong. People were like really excited to be in a bar or a pub and, you know, they're just like pounding it, which was... um. So for a venue your size, Dan, yeah. is 25% so that is worthwhile opening up? Not 25%. We had like 25 people. So our maximum inside has only been like... Wasn't, the, wasn't one of the first... Uh, the first time was 10. The 10 people were room. That was a horrible... That was the rule which really crucified venues. So you have yeah. a pub, a huge pub, and have like 10 people in each room, which is like nothing. Yeah. Um, so that was like not fun. But after that, when I sort of got to like the, the two square meter rule, we can operate pretty well with the two square meter rule at our venue. Yeah, okay. Um, but depending on what you're used to as well, if you're used to having like you know, a 25 type venue with 300 customers, you've got this certain level of revenue coming through that you planned for and staffed up for and you expect. That's how your business works. We're not really, we're a smaller venue, so we know how our numbers work. And yeah, maybe our maximum minimums aren't as far apart as a yeah, right. venue is. So, so uh, thinking of like a stomping ground, for example. Yeah, like it needs to get crushed, and they can't. It just doesn't. This makes sense. You got mm. a kitchen of like ten people in a kitchen, and you've got you know so many, so, you know, so like much floor, stuff. Yeah. And, like you're yeah. spending like you spend like five hundred dollars, a thousand dollars now on like wages and stuff. It's just like oh my god. Hmm. Mm. So it's a different kind of math. Uh, how's the Burnley Dunkel tasting? That's good. It's um quite different to the um, Dark Skies from Dee's. It's um pretty, the color is different. It's like almost like a red kind of yeah yeah red like it's like ambery kind of thing. It's like a lot clearer. So mm. I know what malts they've used in the well the Dark Skies says they've used oh no dark lager. Oh, mate, here we go. Um, Holy made with German ingredients, Munich and caramels, it says, with Halatel traditional. So Munich's like to do that sort of golden, but caragrafa is obviously darker malt. I don't think the Burnley's using that much caragrafa or darker malts because it's got, definitely got a more like Vienna lager kind of look to it, that sort of mm. ambery, reddish kind of dark copper, kind of glorious colour. And mm. it's definitely not as dark tasting, if it makes sense, as the um, deeds. Yeah, yeah, like, you're getting, like, the, no sign of any fruitiness or you know, esters and that kind of stuff. It's just like clean smelling. I mean, the, the thing about like the dark lagers that they're made to like sort of, you know, this deeds is <laughs> it's quite funny. Can, venues are extremely limited on this beer, like one 16 pack per venue. And like drink one, you want like four more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 5.3, you know, it's a dark lager. It's like, you know, you want a four pack to sit back on. 
watch some TV or maybe do. But yeah, could be. Not leave the house. Both highly recommended. Yeah. The only one to the one I had. You may, you may, yeah, you may have had the um the Mr. West. Yes, I did. The, um, like the Doppelblock, I think it is. Yeah, what? yeah. Um, yep. This is like pretty similarly labelled as well. I think it might be hand-painted as well. Yes, yeah. same same artist. I think so. It's like the same family of beers, if nothing else. Okay, I need to try that one then. Yeah, it's good. This one but is also very good. They're both really good. I drink both happily yeah. again. I really want to go to the bottle shop and get, get oh, one of each right now. For sure, yeah. What time is it? 9.38. Uh, get late. Like, yeah, Monday. Monday night. A bit hard. Yeah. Yeah. A bit desperate, yeah. yeah. I'm crazy for it. Um, <laughs> I, really, I really need that Dunkles. Dunkles right Let now. Let me in. <laughs> hey, well, I tell you what, I know who's the uh, third Google result. For, yeah, I know. I've got uh, some. <laughs> it's very, I think it's actually quite low stock, I think, from us. It's around. It'll be around for sure. You know, all the pot, everyone will have it. Um, I finished my Hop Nation. Imperial Stout, Kalash, Bourbon Barrel 2020. Uh, hashtag freebie, full disclosure. Uh, delicious. Really delightful. Man, that was good. Mm-hmm. It's a good beer. They're, they're, their uh, Imperial Stouts are fantastic in general. Yeah. You did an event with them for Good Beer Week? Yeah, we did like um last two Good Beer Weeks, three years apart, or whatever it was, two years apart. Um, yeah, we did, like the, um, we did with Hop Nation and Beckery Hill. So we kind of initially put uh, – a what did we do? It was like a aged a stout from the Clash. Aged that in Bakery Hill barrels on the original event. We had two different barrels, like a pitted barrel and a regular barrel. Made some like fourteen percent imperial, <laughs> kind of like, kind of like small batch, ah, about thirteen percent imperial stout. Who knows what it really was? And then um, they refilled one of the barrels or a similar barrel with that used for stout with the Bakery Hill whiskey and made a. A uh, Bakery Hill whiskey aged in a Bakery Hill barrel, which have been used to age Imperial Stout in the meantime. So uh, yeah, it's been fun. Let me put it on. Will that will that be happening again? I I don't know because like it's sort of been it's been done we've done it a couple of times now and sort of like you, okay. you know, how many times you, you make the same keep... thing? Yeah, but it was good. That was good. Like like the first year it was like a very much a sit down like seated thing with like. Cheese boards and you know, quite fancy. Second time we did it, we just did like a come on down first day of good beer week, and it was a really good day. So we're uh, quite happy with how it went. Um, I uh, I stuck my head in and had a Bakery Hill whiskey. Oh yeah, yeah, you came into it. It's good. Yeah, uh, it was like it was not long after you opened. The Bakery Hill whiskey was stunning. Oh, oh they're gorgeous. They're, they're, they're fantastic. They're a great little um, story, Bakery Hill, and they're kind of like, um, they fly under the radar. It's like everyone knows these other big distilleries, and Bakery Hill's just there, been doing it for just as long without, uh, has credibility and like recognition, but not like in the same way. Mm, like all the tag distilleries get like all this hype, but like Bakery Hill's been doing it in Melbourne for just as long, and their products are just as good, if not better, than mm. all of them. Um, yeah, it was a really good way to start the day with a, I think I had a Hop Nation buzz <laughs> oh, and a whiskey. Buzz was tasting fantastic as well. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really, really good time. Um, well, Dave, how did you go, go with that Pilsner in the end? So good. 
It's really, really good. Everyone who you haven't delivered it to yet is going to be furious. <laughs> um, is it, is it the yeah, pilly pills? The pilly pills? Is that called? The, the barrel aged. It's pills? called unnamed pilsner. Um, yeah, it's like pilly pills, like barrel aged, like soured pills. I think in the, the description. Barrel aged dry hop mixed culture crispy pilly. Yeah. 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 There you go. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's hazy. <too>. Um, <laughs> I, I promise I'll get the last ones out and we might have a few extras. Uh, as well left over uh, I'm just going to go pick them up from Three Ravens and yeah we'll see what happens to the rest of them watch this space I guess Uh, Dan we've already mentioned your website a bunch but let's mention it one more time where where do people find you on the uh, Instagram or Facebook uh, just search for Honest Promise. It, it comes up pretty quickly. We um, we we, did some, <laughs> we searched our name on the internet before we actually created our name so uh Pretty easy to find. I'll just promise to type it in. You get it. You get us. Either on like Facebook, Instagram. There's a Twitter, but we actually use it. We just like so it's like a placeholder Twitter. I don't say do that. But um, Instagram, Facebook, or come and see us. You know, one two one nine High Street, Armadale, Victoria. Or just Google Burnley Dunkel. Burnley Dunkel, and uh, you'll find us there as well somewhere. You just buy it. I um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, come on down and say hi. We're pretty casual, pretty chilled out. Easy parking right now. <laughs> you might spot a celeb. I won't say what celebs that drink there, but We're I think there's a couple, a couple celebs. We have a couple celebs. We have a couple like a yeah. We have like a good three or four celebs yeah. coming in the rig. Yeah, <laughs> if that's your thing. I'm not going to say who. I don't. I don't. I don't trust our stalkery fans to. I don't trust them. I'm actually seeing people in store see one or two of our modern uh, customers and take a selfie with them, and it's like, oh, that's kind of, I don't know, you know, it comes in like every week or every couple of times we can buy some beers, buys a four-pack of, you know, beer to take home for, recent, for the night, and some old mates, oh, I love you, can I, can I get a photo, and like, do this stuff, and you're like. Nah, they love it. They no, love I it. think it's, no, because it means like that person, that celebrity can't go to like a beer festival. You know, straight, pretty much. Yeah. Like, imagine like if they, if they came to a beer festival, they'd be like getting harassed every two minutes. Yeah, but also they get paid pretty well. <laughs> I don't think you do, actually. Some of these musos... Yeah, you probably don't, others, actually, some, some get paid well, some TV, as well. So. But living, yeah, living in, like, you know, Attica of the Woods, so they've got some money. Yeah. Um, like when we're, remember when we're happy and, like, freaking, like, a Taika Waititi walks in the door. Oh, yeah, I harassed him for an interview. Yeah, you did. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, you did. You were that guy. <laughs> Patrons can still find that interview on our patron, uh, patron.com slash Ale of a Time. It's, it's garbage. There's no reason to listen to it. If, if, if you're an Ale of a Time completist, it's, it's there for you. That's an A-grade celebrity right there for you. That's like a great... It's a Oscar winner right there. He's an Oscar winner. He's, he's a yeah. uh, Dave, where do people find you on the internet? Uh, send me an email, dave at aleofatime.com. Um, Luke, you. Wait, have you uh, got any celeb stories or know any celebs? Nothing that comes to mind. Nothing yeah. that I would like sully this conversation with anyone. <laughs> ruin their good names. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can get me at Isle of a Time, Isle of a Time dot com, hypothetical institute for your conspiracy needs. <laughs>